Greetings, my friend. I have some big news. I am completely rebranding the podcast. I'm making a massive jump in my life and career as an entrepreneur. And I have felt like a long time, like a hermit crab who's outgrown its shell and was searching for a bigger, more expansive home. And I finally found my new shell as my hermit crab self. And damn, it feels good. Just as an, uh, another analogy for those of you that have seen Harry Potter uh, and the Sorcerer's Stone when he goes and he visits Alvander's, you know, he, he tries two different wands where he blows a bunch of shit up before he gets his wand and Alabander holds Harry the third wand and everything glows and expands and he goes, the wand chooses the wizard, Mr. Potter. <laughs> so whatever analogy, old shell, old wand, this feels so right. And so I'm super excited to announce that the name of the new show is going to be Beyond Curious. This is a big moment for me, guys. I'm so grateful for you being on this journey, or maybe you're just joining on this journey and you're listening to this for the very first time. But regardless, I have put a lot of thought into how I wanted to announce Beyond Curious to the world. So what I've landed on is a choose your own adventure journey. So I'm gonna give you two options and you choose what works best for you. And if you've listened to these options already, please dial nine to be transferred to an operator. Para Español o Prima Ocho. Just kidding. <laughs> Just skip ahead about a minute. Uh, so your two options for learning about Beyond Curious are episode 140A or episode 140B. Option one, which is the episode you are not currently listening to, is episode 140A. This option is simultaneously the conclusion of Seven Figure Millennials, where I actually answer the question I set out to answer from the beginning, which was how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? So I answer that question, and it's also the first episode of Beyond Curious, which is me actually making the jump to live out the answer I discovered. This is essentially a three hour long masterclass. It is so special because I'm going all out to make this one of the best and the most valuable episodes I have ever produced. It's essentially the combination of all this stuff that I've learned that is the end of an era and you will literally learn the exact path that I took after over 150 interviews, thousands of hours of research to uncover my life's purpose and now how I'm building a business around that. I'm gonna weave in clips from insights that I got from previous guests to help you to uncover a deeper understanding of your life's purpose and to build a business in alignment with that. This is May 2023, Brandon Fong's highest wisdom. And even though I know it's gonna be even stronger in the future, I am confident that this episode can and will change your life if you take it seriously. It's two and a half years of pattern recognition and hard work and interviews exploring one question. This is something that I want to document for a legacy perspective, something I'd be proud of my future kids listening to, hoping that it will provide them with some guidance. And then of course, in this option as well, I'm going to share the story and the vision for Beyond Curious. Option two, is episode 140B, which is essentially the give me the high level version. This is the version you're listening to right now. I made this option because I do want a more succinct way of articulating the reason for this rebrand and sharing the vision because I know there are many humans who 
my wife Leah being one of them, where, where they go back, when they listen to a new podcast, they go back to episode one. So I wanted to strategically create a shorter version for that purpose for future new listeners of the show who just want to wait to get up to speed. So you'll get the story and the vision for Beyond Curious without the three-hour masterclass of answering the Seven Figure Millennials question. So here is some curious music, and I'll give you 30 seconds to choose your adventure. Stick around if you want the high-level version or pause and switch to episode 140A at about four minutes where you will get the full masterclass. If you are listening to my voice right now, that means you have made your decision and you have chosen to listen to episode number 140B, which is the high level version. So without any further ado, let's dive in. So to kick things off, I'd love to start by sharing a story with you. It's May 15th, 2020. I'm 24 years old. The world is on lockdown. Everyone is still figuring out what the heck COVID is. People are in panic mode, running in the streets, pulling their hair out. <laughs> you probably remember. So naturally, this is a great time for anyone to intentionally leave their job, which is exactly what I did. So after three years of running the marketing for an online education company with over 250,000 students, I felt like I couldn't grow much more in that role. And I felt like a baby entrepreneurial bird who was ready to leave the nest and try to learn how to fly. So I left and decided to not only start the business, but also launch a podcast at the same time. And the intention of the podcast was to document my journey as a brand new entrepreneur building my first seven figure business. I didn't have the answers, but I'm really freaking good at connecting with smart people and asking good questions to figure out what I need to emulate. So the central question from the show, if you've been following along this entire time, you're very familiar with this one, but it is how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? And so I was doing this every single week, publishing a show. I haven't missed a single week since I started and I published 77 episodes when I finally had a breakthrough and it happened when I opened my spreadsheet that I have that tracks all of my guests and I decided to highlight the episodes that most resonated with my me and I asked myself why what was it about these particular people their content or what were they doing differently that really stuck with me and when I studied my favorite interviews, the people that were the most financially successful created the most impact and were still able to prioritize their happiness, health, and relationships, they all had one thing in common. And that was they were all using their business as a vehicle to help them live out their life's purpose. And what I realized is that I needed to stop trying to be like the guests that were coming on my show and instead to be more about Instead, be more me, be more myself. So it was a little bit of an identity crisis, a, a quarter life identity crisis. <laughs> I didn't know who I was. I didn't know my purpose. But what I did know was that my purpose was not seven figure millennials. And it was a weird situation. And I felt kind of stuck because at the same time that my purpose wasn't seven figure millennials, the show hit a top 2% global ranking in less than a year. I was getting on massive guests and the branding was working, but I wasn't confident enough in my direction of knowing my life purpose to make a jump from what was working. And so I still wanted to continue the show, but my goal at that point specifically became 
to figure out how I could create a business that was a direct reflection of my life's purpose. So I started looking really deep for clues. It took a year of slow, deep and intense work, pretty much all of 2022. And what I did during this time is I went back through old episodes, listened to them, started asking questions to new guests around my new goal to uncover my life's purpose and create a business that was in 100% alignment with it. And just for fun, I did some rough estimates. I've read over 75 books just for my guests alone. For each guest that comes on my show, I usually listen to three other podcasts that they've been on. So at this point, that's over 450 podcast episodes I've listened to over 60 online courses I've taken. And if you know me, you know this is not me just consuming, but implementing. I'm going deep with the concepts, playing with them myself, adapting, journaling. And this entire time, it was massively uncomfortable because I had to be okay with not really being focused on growing and scaling a company despite having a brand called Seven Figure Millennials. Because in my mind, what the heck was the point of growing something that wasn't in alignment that would end up causing me more pain later? It was literally the exact opposite of the intention of the show. And I would be stupid to not notice that one of the biggest patterns I saw in my guests is that they had massive burnout and depression. And that was a underlying symptom of them trying to grow something that they didn't care that much about. It's a, it's a pattern that happened over and over and over and over again. Probably just pick a handful of a random chunk of 10 episodes and you'll find that pattern of somebody that was super successful, hated their life and realized because it was that their business was just not in alignment. So ultimately the biggest patterns that began to emerge for me came in the form of questions and one by one, I started answering them. So for the, 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 point of identifying my life's purpose, some key questions that came up over and over again were, what do you want? What do you want? It's one of the hardest questions to answer, but that was one of the questions. The other question is, what is your superpower? What are your superpowers? And then the third question are, what are your core values? Those things are all hard to uncover and leverage and use effectively, but they were all key to people that had been able to uncover their life's purpose. So I knew I needed to go deep and I did go deep with all those and explore all those. But then the the business alignment, there was two, there's so many different variables for this, but the, the two biggest ones I saw are what is the impact you want to create? What, what lights you up? What do you want to create? How do you want to serve the world? And then the other part to this business vehicle is who do you want to serve? And what I realized on my podcasting journey for this question specifically is that my guests weren't just the people I wanted to learn from. They were also the same exact people I was most excited about serving. And again, it took pattern recognition and studying the specific people. And I realized they all had the characteristics of being curiosity driven, purpose led and focused on some form of connection. So curiosity, meaning that they were curious about themselves, they're curious about the world and purpose led, meaning like they knew their purpose or they were, they, they, they were, they had a business that was in alignment with who they were most likely as like a kid. And also connection focused, meaning that they were creating connection in communities or connecting deeper with themselves. And these are all people that are high level entrepreneurs, innovators, leaders, pioneers, adventurers, and what I realized is that I really wanted to go deep with high level people and provide them insane amounts of value with my superpowers that I was uncovering. And seven figure millennials is a brand that is not something that this kind of human resonates with. <laughs> Many of my guests were way past the seven figure mark and they also were not millennials. And so ultimately answering all these questions helped me to uncover my life's purpose, which I believed was to create 
a more deeply connected world. I'll say believe because I'll add on to it a little bit later. But I arrived at this point to create a more deeply connected world. And the missing piece that I had was now how do I create a brand and business that represents and is attractive to the kind of people that I want to serve and, and basically encompasses all the journey that I was on in answering those questions. So there's, if you listen to my episodes, you know that there's several quotes that come up all the time, but one of the quotes is you can't read the label from inside the jar, meaning I was so close, so deep, so obsessed with answering these questions myself. I, it's really hard to separate yourself out of that to organize it in a way that makes sense for the world to see. I needed somebody who wasn't me that could take all of that work and package it into a brand that would represent that. And eventually I found someone, Alexandra Watkins. So Alexandra wrote the book on brand names. It's called, Hello, My Name is Awesome. She was a person that named Wendy's Baconator. She names products for brands like Google, Amazon, and Disney. And I figured if anyone could figure it out, it would be her. <laughs> so she has this package called the Name It ASAP package. And I, I saw it was available and I bought it. But here's the funny thing is I actually ended up waiting five months before actually booking and doing the session. <laughs> I, I brought her on. I interviewed her on the show. It was an incredible interview. We hit it off right away. She's amazing. But I still felt like I wasn't ready to book my session that I had paid for. And I was nervous as hell because I, I literally felt like I had rubbed Aladdin's lamp. The genie popped out in the form of Alexander Watkins. And I was going to ask her for one of my three wishes to come up with this brand that represents my life purpose. And I'd be lying if I was, if I told you that I wasn't doubting myself because, because I was wondering, is this really what I want and committing to it was scary, but eventually I was like, I can't sit on this anymore. I bought the session five months ago. Alexander and I are friends now. <laughs> I need to actually do it. So I pulled the trigger. The date for the session with Alexander was April 27, 2023, and she actually went above and beyond and came up with 100 names for me. So it's on Zoom. I open the Zoom room, and immediately, as per the last few times I met with Alexander, I'm teleported to Candyland, <laughs> which is what she calls her office, just so you can kind of picture it. She's got a pink refrigerator sitting in the corner of her office, and the refrigerator is full with her favorite books. She's got a gigantic oval purple desk and in, in the background of her zoom screen, she's got a pink Barbie convertible, a California license plate that says Namer and Alexander herself has this long blonde Barbie hair and blue glasses. So, <laughs> so I'm in, I'm teleported to Candyland and Alexandra reveals 10 at a time the names that she came up with. And what we did is we marked the ones that were kind of standing out and calling to me. And we went through all 100, but ironically, the name that we landed on was the very first one on the list. It was actually the first alphabetical one. And the name was Beyond Curious. And the more I sat with it, the more I fell in love, the more my whole body felt it because I am beyond curious. My number one core value is childlike curiosity. My number one superpower is curiosity. That's how I'm able to ask all these questions and develop relationships with these guests. And I think that when you're curious about the people in front of you, that's what empowers deep connection is because you care about them. You're curious about them and their life. And the entrepreneurs that I most want to serve are beyond curious. Beyond curious is for people who are not only beyond curious at their core, but for people that literally go past the point of curiosity to bring their ideas to life. They are the brave adventurers willing to take a voyage into the unknown to satisfy their curiosity and see what the hell they're made of. And it wasn't until I submitted the creative brief 
and had my session with Alexander that it hit me so much so much so that what I did is I actually expanded my life purpose. So the way that I've been sharing it now that I, I didn't have until my session with Alexandra is my purpose is to create a more deeply connected world by catalyzing curiosity. And this leads us to today the birth of Beyond Curious. I now know my purpose. I have a brand that is my vehicle to living out that purpose. And so this is the end of one chapter of Seven Figure Millennials and the start of another, the birth of Beyond Curious. So all that to say, I wanted to share this story to invite you, to give you a call to action, and to say, if you are somebody that is curious about yourself, curious about the world, you're passionate about figuring out a way that you can contribute your purpose, your why, your gifts to the world, and you love connecting with yourself and being connected with other people and developing deep relationships, then I invite you to join me on this new journey as together we dare to go beyond curious. So that, my friends, is the story of my evolution from seven-figure millennials to beyond curious. And before I give you the masterclass, if you are listening to 140A, and of course, if you're listening to 140B, it's not too late to go back and switch, but I would love to share a little bit more about my vision for Beyond Curious. And I think this episode, you'll literally see me start living into this vision. So I think the best place to start would be to break apart my why, to create a more deeply connected world by catalyzing curiosity. So when I say deeply connected, there's really two parts to deep connection that I'm referring to. The first is connecting deeper with yourself. And the second is connecting deeper with others. I envision this world where everybody deeply loves themselves and accept themselves at their very core, because I believe that when you love yourself, it completely changes the way that you show up in the world. And just imagine how different our world would be if people came from that space of loving themselves, of knowing their strengths or their superpowers, being clear on their values, what brings them joy, and knew how to remind, remove these limiting mindsets and stories that aren't hold that are holding us back. Society, I believe as a whole would just become exponentially more productive, fulfilled and loving. And again, another thing, if you've listened to a bunch of my episodes, I would say also probably around that time, I told you I had the breakthrough. This came around that time episode uh, 77. I started sharing this quote a lot. It's by Michelangelo. I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free. And the reason why I think that's so beautiful, especially because of the time of recording this, I'm heading to Florence next uh, week where I'm going to get to see the David again. But the beautiful thing about that is I believe that so much of our growth is not about addition. It's about subtraction. That was the biggest thing that I learned in this journey is that I needed to remove what didn't belong instead of being focused on trying to add more stuff on top of it. So I believe that we need to come from this space of subtracting, going deep within ourselves, coming the most authentic stepping into that most authentic version of us. And when we show up that way in the world, it creates a deeper connection in our relationships with others. And I want you to think about this because I think there are so many surface level relationships in the world because people are acting from a version that isn't as true to who they really are. So think of how much deeper relationships in general in the world would be if they were built on authentic versions of ourselves, not any fake or insecure versions that are people putting out into the world or strong egos. So 
I believe that everything starts from building on that foundation of loving yourself first. And then when people are deeply connected with themselves, they're deeply connected with others. It creates even more creation and collaboration in the world, which unlocks massive potential. And so to go even deeper as to why I believe that focusing on connection is one of the most important things that we can be doing, I want to talk to you a little bit about a Greek mythology rabbit hole that I went down a while back. I can't even describe why I was doing this, but here was me chasing my curiosity. And I think this is a great way of expanding on why this is so important. So the rabbit hole I went down was I was studying the Hydra <laughs> in Greek mythology. And as you know, from when Hercules defeated the Hydra, you know, he went through all these trials and er trial and error of slicing off a Hydra's head and that it would birth two more. And then eventually he learned, okay, I need to slice off the Hydra's head and cauterize it with fire. And then after that, I'll be able to defeat the Hydra. And then eventually he was able to slay the Hydra. But here's the thing that I didn't realize until I went down this internet rabbit hole. I believe that Hercules didn't actually solve the problem. Yes, he defeated the Hydra, but what he didn't do is actually ask himself the bigger question and ask what created the Hydra to begin with. And when you actually study Greek mythology, and I haven't done that much study of this, but what I, what I learned is that what birthed the Hydra was Echidna. And Echidna is basically the mother of all of these monsters. So she's also the monster that birthed Severus, the multi-headed dog who guarded the gates of Hades. And there's a, there's a whole bunch of different accounts of who her children actually were, depending on the source. But I mean, so Severus was one of them. Hydra was one of them. The Chimera was one of them, the fire-breathing hybrid creature thing that had the lion and the, the head of a goat. So anyways, Echidna is the mother of all of these terrible things in the world. In my mind, disconnection is the echidna. There are so many problems in the world that I believe stem from the root cause of disconnection. And when I say that the same, the, when I say disconnection, I'm referring to it in the same way that I was referring to connection. So if people are disconnected from themselves, they are disempowered and not contributing their gifts to the world in a meaningful way. And when they're disconnected from others, this is that feeling of isolation and aloneness and feeling unloved and being and because of that, feeling less likely or being less able to collaborate and contribute in the world. And then on top of that, if people are feeling disconnected from themselves and others, this is where I believe people turn to destructive, destructive behaviors, harming others, harming themselves, harming society. And as the quote goes, I don't know where this is attributed to, but the quote is, hurt people hurt people. So all that to say, and this is another perfect example of a rabbit hole I went down where I was like, I don't know where this is going to go, but now it's resurfacing, is I believe that all these surface level problems that we're solving are not going to solve the core of the problem, and that is disconnection, which is the echidna. It's the mother of all of these problems. So that is why I believe my why is so important to create a more deeply connected world. And then the second part of this is by catalyzing curiosity. Because if you've been wondering, how can we go about connecting deeper with yourself and then connecting with others. I believe that the key to connection is curiosity. Curiosity is the mother of all creation. There's no learning or growth that happens without you first being curious yourself. And so I am going to be going deep on being curious about curiosity. <laughs> and so there's so much more content that I'm going to be creating 
on this topic and I'm going to be going super deep. But for now, here is the description of Beyond Curious, this new show, this new evolution that we're heading into right now. Curiosity alone won't change the world, but going beyond curious will. The people that shape society are the explorers, the brave adventurers willing to take a voyage into the unknown to satisfy their curiosity and see what they're made of. This is a show for those people. The people that are relentlessly curious about themselves, their impact, their potential, the people they love, and the world around them. The people who are constantly asking themselves, what if, I wonder, why not, and pushing the boundaries of what is possible for themselves and for society at large. Join me as every single week I interview pioneering adventurers who have dared to go beyond curious. So that is the description. That is the new vision for the show and just a few small things about what to expect moving forward. So I said this on episode 100, but the, the branding wasn't in place. So now the now that the new brand is coming, some exciting things are happening, but I my goal is to eventually shift to publishing two-ish episodes per week. So I want to increase the amount of shows that I'm doing most likely on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Again, not sure when this is going to happen because as you can imagine with the rebrand, there's so much that needs to happen before I kind of start ramping up. So I want to give myself the space to be able to do that and not necessarily commit to when it's happening, but it is happening. I promise. <laughs> uh, and I, the other thing that I promise is that I am going to be having the same depth of interview, the same caliber of, of guests, even, even stretching myself even further to see the kind of guests that I can get on. So anyways, that is the new vision behind Beyond Curious. So now, if you are listening to episode 140A, this is the part where we dive into answering the questions and helping you go on this journey about how you can uncover your life's purpose. And also underneath that category, discover your superpowers at a new level, your core values, and the biggest and hardest question to answer, that is, what do you want? And then we'll also dive into how to create a business model in alignment with all those answers, where you will answer who you want to serve and the kind of impact that you want to create. And again, for episode 140B, if you want the more succinct version, this is where we're going to jump right into a very special bonus section on how Beyond Curious was created by sharing a bonus interview with the genius behind the name Alexander Watkins. And if you're in 140A, you'll get that, but it'll come after your masterclass and the sequencing is going to be really important because it's going to make it even more powerful when you listen to that interview with Alexandra. All right. If you're listening to this, you are my 140B crowd. And I do want to say 140A is pretty good. So it's not too late to make the jump and get the full masterclass. If you want, you can pause and switch to 140A at about 26 minutes in if you want the full masterclass. But you are listening to 140B, which means it is now time to share with you a very special bonus episode with my friend Alexander Watkins that was the genie behind the name Beyond Curious. As a reminder, you've already heard about Alexandra in the opening story that I shared about the creation of Beyond Curious. But as a quick recap, she is a leading authority on brand names, founder of Eat My Words, and the author of Hello, My Name is Awesome. And she was the last official interview on Seven Figure Millennials episode number 139 because we wanted to save that to come out right before we announced Beyond Curious. For just a little bit of context, as you heard a little bit from the intro story, I had been working for basically a full year 
doing a deep dive on working to discover what were my superpowers, what were my core values, what do I want, what's my purpose. And with all that work being done, I was still struggling with coming up with a brand that would encapsulate that. So that is essentially what I approached Alexandra with is can you take all of those things that I just mentioned and come up with a brand that reflects that and my personality? No pressure. Oh, and by the way, could you pretty please also figure out a way to make a name that would be attractive to my dream people that I want to serve? So that's basically what I tasked Alexander to do. No pressure, basically like name my life purpose. <laughs> so uh, she did it. Obviously, I'm super happy with the name. And for fun, I asked Alexander if she would be willing to come on again and be a part of this pivotal episode by taking us behind the curtains of how she went about naming it. And so you'll hear some of the other names that she came up with, why she she loves Beyond Curious and a bunch of other goodies along the way. So with all that said, here is a special bonus interview with the genie behind the Beyond Curious name, my friend, Alexandra Watkins. Alexandra, one of the coveted, amazing guests that has returned twice. And today we get to do some really exciting stuff and take people behind the scenes of something that you created that has totally changed my life already that will be making a massive difference in other people's lives in the future. So anyways, welcome back. Super excited to have you here and to kind of take people behind the scenes of your magic on how you did this. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so glad to be back. Yes, the birth of another one of my children. <laughs> your name, yes. yes. 100%. So I, I know I kind of set this up a little bit, but I'll just kind of say it like, and I think I've said this to you before. It's like, when I submitted that creative brief to you, I felt like I was visiting the genie, the genie of naming, right? And it's kind of like, you can ask a genie anything that you want, but be careful what you ask, because it's going to give you what you ask for, right? And so, you know, uh, I, d I did so much work ahead of time to kind of uncover what I believe to be the next phase for me, but it had to come from this spot of understanding what my core values were, what my superpowers were, what, what my vision is, what my purpose is. And like, I did my best to kind of give you this creative brief that encompassed this. And my task that I had given you was pretty much, can you name my life purpose and personality and encompass that in like a short word or phrase and you found something that really stuck out to me. So I think maybe a great place to start would be you get this creative brief that I sent you that's probably ridiculously long. <laughs> but like as you're reading through it, maybe talk us through what was going on in your head and kind of maybe how you started to leverage your process to uncover and decode uh, what became Beyond Curious. <laughs> okay, Brandon. So for those of you who know Brandon, you know he's a total overachiever. So it won't... <laughs> It won't surprise you that Brandon, Brandon, like hit it out of the park with his creative brief. He, most people do a good job, but Brandon went way, way beyond, beyond. <laughs> and he, I think his brief is 20 pages and he had normally people's creative brief is four or five pages, but he gave, Brandon's done so much work on, on exploring who he is, who his business is, that there was he and he gave me all this great background material and like videos to watch and I had done the podcast before so it, that that was a big help that I was already familiar with the product so to speak but the brief was super comprehensive like just packed with words and the more words that I have to play around with the better so yeah Brandon so some of the things that he told me about was uh you know, consumer in, I asked for some consumer insights and strategic consumer considerations. And 
he went into, you know, primary human needs results, you know, from his, uh, <laughs> his Colby test results, his, uh, all kinds of test results that he's had, like who he is, his target audience. Um, but like really, really deep desired brand experiences, you know, uh, I, some of these, I can't say cause they're, um, rated well, you know, whoa, WTF that's nuts. How did you do that? Or even think about doing something like that? My mind is blown. So yeah, that's the experience that people have listening to Brandon or being part of anything, his world. So yeah, but, but what it came down to reading Brandon's brief was just, you know, focusing on certain words that were really speaking to me. And, you know, 20 pages encapsulated into two words, it's, it's hard to do. But the word I landed on was curious. And that's because under desired brand experiences or desired brand positioning, he wrote, um, if I had to pick one value to position with, I'd say it's childlike curiosity. I believe that curiosity is my most powerful lens to view the world with. And it's what powers all of my strengths. So like, I just had to use the word, the word curious just had to be in the name. And it's not always that easy, but this one was, it was just like, there was no other word that had to be the word. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll just add on here so people can kind of hear my mindset going into it too. Cause it's like, there is a, this feeling of holy shitness, I guess it, it, when I wrote that, cause I literally, I put a lot of thought into putting that on there. Like, this is where I want to position around because it's like, it, you know, th there's this point where. This is the whole theme of the show. You literally have to go beyond curious. And, and so it's like, I had to kind of put my flag in the ground that, yeah, this is the world that I really want to explore. I want to be more curious about being curious. Cause I knew that if I had mentioned something like that, and I wanted you to go down a route that it would, that, that I would, that's obviously what I was going to get behind. So yeah, it was kind of intimidating to, to put that down there, but I'm glad that you saw the alignment in the experience of coming on the show and getting to know me a little bit. And then you, you read that and you also felt that alignment that, uh, as, as you had said to me, trusting your instincts as the namer, that that's the route that you wanted to go down. Yeah. I knew it was right for you because I'm, I'm naturally curious too. I always say my middle initial of C stands for curious and <laughs> I, you, you really are curious. You read so many books and curious people love nonfiction and as, as I do, I'm in a book club. It's all, I, we read whatever books we want to read. And I'm the only one in our book club that reads nonfiction, but you know, there's so much to learn, right? And you have learned so much and people that you have on the show have that common denominator of being curious as well. So it just seemed like such a good fit for you. Yeah. I love that. So if I'm just going to say this, I know I've said it, but I'll say it again. We specifically held on to Alexandra's episode to come right before this. So if you're listening to this and you haven't heard Alexandra's smile and scratch framework and you want to kind of get like a preview, we won't have time to go in depth here because we already covered that kind of stuff. But I thought what would be super cool to do here is if you have heard the smile and scratch framework that Alexandra teaches that we covered in the last episode, you get to see kind of like a behind the scenes look of like what it looks like inside of Alexandra's brain as she does this process. Right. So, um, so maybe let's start to unpack a little bit. So you have this creative brief, you find out about curious being the angle that you want to explore kind of 
talk us through a little bit about what your process was like as you kind of generated all this. And one thing I'll say before you answer that question, Alexander went above and beyond. So this is simultaneously Alexandra packing and, and, and talking good stuff about me. But I have to tell Alexandra gave me a hundred names, which is just insane the fact that she went above and beyond and just like was was so passionate about this project so i'm just so grateful working with you alexandra it's been such an amazing process but yeah i was so i would encourage anyone if you are looking to name your life purpose like i was <laughs> that you stop everything and you you give alexandra a call but all that to say let's let's unpack a little bit about what was going on uh on on your process as you started unpacking this creative brief Okay, well, once I landed on the word curious, and I think I, I, yeah, I even, I circled back with, I asked you, right? Yeah. Is you did, okay? yeah. I think you weren't sure if you should have curious in your name. And I'm like, no, sometimes if it just, if I just keep coming back to something, I know it's right. And so I, we agreed curious was the way to go. So I just started pairing other words with it. And I wanted interesting words. So one uh, that I came up with and just thinking about Brandon and what I know about him. And Brandon is such a rising star. <laughs> and I thought curiosity rising because mm -hmm. curiosity has always been because people, there's certain words that people want us to use and like elevate, elevation that we see that a lot because it's about mm -hmm. growth, but rising is a word that you don't hear very often. And, but it's cool because it does mean growth and, and, you know, elevation and all of that. So curiosity rising was one that I really liked. Um, born curious, because I know that I'm pretty sure that's something that you just, you know, as a child, I'm sure you were an incredibly curious child, probably ask why, like your first word was probably why. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I think it, I think I think it's Borgiers was uh, one of the top contenders too. Just so you guys know, like you know, Alexandra revealed all these names that we had to go through and sort through all these, and the ones that she's bringing up now were the the final cut. And it's it was hard to kind of like choose it, but I also Born Curious was one of those really cool ones because I do believe that we're all naturally born curious, right? And so it's just kind of like the world that beats it out of us. And so we got to go back and find that. But anyways, yeah, keep going. <laughs> um, another word, I don't know if this was one of your favorites, but just trying to illustrate like what, like finding exciting words, I think is, is something or words that have a lot of energy. And so one that I had was radical curiosity because we could use curious or curiosity um, so radical curiosity, because, you know, we, radical seems to be, you know, we've heard of radical transparency and all these other mm -hmm. things. Um, another one was chasing curiosity, because I like that, because that's what you're doing. You you have this thirst for curiosity. You're just on this quest and you're chasing. And I know like there's, you know, you have your dream guest for your podcast, right? And so that's what you're chasing. Mm -hmm. And and I think people like to be chased, right? Yeah. Uh, and then... um curiosity matters or curious matters um, because matters that's got the double meaning of, you know, it does matter that you're curious. It absolutely matters. And then these are matters of curiosity. So I thought that that was one that I really liked. Um, and then another one was uh, there, I believe there was a book one time called the creative class. And I really like anyone that's, you know, a, a born creative, born curious, like we, we were proud of that. And I really like that book title, The Creative Class. So I thought The Curious Class could also be good. And then also for for learning purposes, class, it has a nice, has a nice, uh, it's a nice short word for, you know, education. So yeah, yeah and I'll just, I liked. 
And I'll say this too, just another thing that was so cool in going through this, this process with you, which by the way, you can go to Alexandra's site, eatmyawards.com and you can find out this, I booked a name it ASAP session. So that's kind of the, the uh, official way that this was structured. But the cool thing about this, these names that you're hearing, just because I didn't choose it as the primary brand name, like these are going to probably fit in, in other places, right? Like, I'm just thinking this is off the top of my head. You had talked about like, um, the curiosity circle, right? Like that might be a really cool experience to put together. Like, what could that look like? Or I think you had kind of uncovered some merch tags, right? Like some things like I could wear a shirt that says dare to be curious. I think that was another one of those things that, that you came up with too. So that was just another really cool kind of insight in going throughout this process is yes, you, at the end of the day, you have to choose one, but like in, in exploring a topic that represents what you're trying to bring to the world, there's lots of other things that get created as a byproduct that could be leveraged in the future branding opportunities. Absolutely. Your name has great legs to it. And yeah, for anyone who listened to the previous episode, you know, legs are where you can extend your brand and you absolutely can. There's a lot of, yeah, because you think of all the things that need names, right? So the blog, the blog, the you know, if you're doing, I know you're going to do a mastermind, um, your, uh, even your wireless, you know, at, at eat my words, we call our office Candyland, And, uh, you know, the guest, the guest network has a, has a candy related name, The the passwords always candy related. So you can have fun with naming anything. And yeah, I know you have like levels of maybe there's a subscription site and there's levels of, of subscription, right? The, the good, better, best. Yep. Love that. So yeah. And I'm, I'm so excited to kind of create this world underneath this. I know you've got packages about like the kitchen sink and like the, the, <laughs> you know, all the things related oh, just, to eating, which is super fun. <laughs> yeah. I love, um, I have, for my online course, I have one called, uh, the bare bones course, just the course is called, um, just the meat. And <laughs> if you hire me with it for coaching and to help you with your name, it's called private chef. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So cool. So, so let's, <laughs> let's, um, what I would love to do is go down the rabbit hole that you went down to uncover beyond curious. So like, let's, let's talk about how you arrived at that particular one. Cause you're like, you're doing this you know, you're trying to pair these interesting words. You're looking for things that are suggestive, uh, memorable, the whole, the whole smile framework. So I would love to chase the rabbit hole that might have landed you at beyond curious specifically, if you could unpack that one. Well, beyond curious, I'm sure. So thesaurus is a great place to start. Um, there's not a lot of other words for curious. I, I, I knew that in my head, but I looked and yeah, there wasn't much there, but, um, you know, more, I knew you were more than curious. And so more, you know, that's probably where I found beyond, or it might've popped in my head. I don't remember that. Some, some names, I remember the exact moment of, I was naming a post wedding brunch for a, like, they wanted a hipster name, the hotel Vitali. And I asked my client, what do people drink at wedding brunches? And she said, bloody Mary's. I said, that's your name, bloody married. And that became <laughs> the name of their wedding brunch. <laughs> Sometimes it pops in my head. But um, so looking in a thesaurus for words uh, is a really good place to start. One thing I did a lot of was look for alliteration with C because of curious. So normally you can go to a Scrabble dictionary and there's a bazillion of them online. And you can, you can just Google, I call this Google storming where I'm just 
typing things into Google and finding, and now of course you can use chat GPT, but uh, it, it was on Google, you could type in, you know, words that start with C and C is an, a great letter. There's so many words that start with C and S is another letter L okay. Bad letters, X, X, no X. Zobni. Um, I think we talked about Z, that in the last Zobni, episode. Yeah, XLBNI, <laughs> a terrible name. Um, but uh, yeah, Z and uh, L is a really hard letter, but C and S, those are an M. Those are good ones. So I, instead of doing Scrabble dictionaries, I, I took it a step further with chat GPT and I asked, I prompted it to come up with a hundred positive words that start with C. And then mm -mm. it did, but then they were too, a lot of them were too long. So I did a hundred positive one or two syllable words that start with C. And look, chat GPT is not going to name your company for you, but if you know how to prompt it, you can, you can use it as a brainstorming tool. And it was super helpful there. I, I got a lot of, I got a lot of words there. Um, uh, so that I highly recommend another rabbit hole to go down is that's really fun is looking at images for ideas. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I use this as much with yours, but just looking at pictures, um, go to, you know, a picture says a thousand words. So go to Google images and, or go to a stock photo library and type in a concept that you're looking for. So I don't, I don't think I did. I don't think I did that with yours because yours was just, I don't know, there were so many different directions to go in, but I wanted it to be exciting. I listened to a lot of podcasts and I wanted your title to be something that would attract listeners and people that are curious are probably a lot of them are beyond curious. So that to me just seemed like a magnet for attracting the right audience and just as important, the right guests. Yeah. Oh man, there's so much to unpack to it. I'll, I'll say too, why Beyond Curious really, really landed with me is because another really cool part about your brief is you ask for the personality of the name to come up with five to 10 adjectives that describe the personality of your brand. And the, the, of course I couldn't only come up with 10. So I think there's, you know, there's, there's probably a, there's probably a good version of going above and beyond. And like, there's a point where it's like, this became unfocused, but anyways, the, the, Alexandra has you come up with like the most important ones in caps. So for me, the top three adjectives I came up with were magical, curious, and exclusive. And then I kind of came up with like subcategories underneath each one of those, but magical, I had kind of put wonder, awe, creative, fun, playful, extraordinary, adventurous, expansive, surprising, transformative, unique, innovative, imaginative, and clever. And what's super cool is I think I, I, what really stood out to me about the word beyond is beyond encapsulates all of that. Like when you think about beyond, you think about adventure, you think about exploration, you think about growth or pushing yourself or going above and beyond. So it's like beyond kind of hit all of that elements of what I was looking for is that, that kind of fun, adventurous, playful, non-serious component, but it's still not, it's still serious enough where it's not, taken not seriously it but it but it encapsulates that kind of magical element that i was looking for so that was like a huge oh my god that was amazing uh check mark for me when i saw the name beyond curious <laughs> oh thank you thank you yeah magic's the theme that we a lot of people but yeah it, it is a magical experience listening to your show um i'm looking at the list of names and yeah one when i was doing the the c the words that start with c 
cafe. I had curiosity cafe. And yeah. I thought like, that's one of those names for, you know, that could be a good name for a group hangout. If you had something like that, um, or, you know, whatever calls that, you know, if you do like zoom sessions, you could call it the curiosity cafe. Um, so yeah, I had curious collaborative, curious collective, curious creators, curious cultivators. Yeah. Curiosity consumed cult of curiosity. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of fun ones. When like, if you were a hip nightclub, you wouldn't have a sign in the window that said hip club, right? Like that would be dumb. Like people would just be like, roll their eyes and there would be no one trying to get in. Uh, where there's no mysteriousness or mystique. It just tries too hard. And a lot of times names try too hard. So you, if you have a hip club, other people need to be the ones that determine that. It's just like calling yourself a thought leader. Like let other people call you a thought leader. Um, so that that idea of telling people who you are, it, you have to just be careful how you do it. Like some people are going to, it's like Seattle's best coffee. Who made that determination or TCBY, <laughs> the country's best yogurt? Like really like let somebody else say that about you, but don't say it about yourself. And another one that people fall into is trust. Like they want trust in your name. Like, would you buy a car from trusty Sid? So, you know, think about these things. So sometimes it can backfire and sound disingenuous or just, you know, inauthentic, or they just, they're just trying too hard. Yeah. It, it reminds me of, of Buddy the Elf and in, in Elf when he walks in, he's like, world's best cup of coffee. Congratulations. <laughs> it's like the diner and everybody's like, what the hell? <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I love that. And I, I thought, I think I just thought of another thing that would be interesting to show people because you were talking about like the importance of like basically showing, not telling another distinguishing thing that you had played with that you had, we'd explored a little bit. And that I had explored in previous names was this word visionary. And we talked about, we talked a little bit about how it's, it's an, it's an interesting word because to be called a visionary is a compliment, but like to call yourself a visionary almost sounds a little bit self aggrandizing. So like, but, but you and I kind of discovered that as we talked about it a little bit. So maybe share a little bit about yeah. that. No, that's, you're absolutely right. It does sound self-aggrandizing and yeah, don't call yourself a visionary. Like I, I have the opportunity to get my book in the hands of David Kelly, the founder of IDEO. And I signed the book to him yesterday and I wrote that you're a legend. That guy would never, and he is, he's iconic. He would never use those words to describe himself. So, yeah. you know, right. But we can say that about him. But he would never say, oh, I'm a legend. I'm an icon. Yeah, no. Let other yeah. people lay that praise on you. Yeah. And again, this is this is the cool this is the cool part about this is because again, I had been guys, I'd been struggling with coming up with a name for so long. That's why when I when I found Alexandra's world, I was like, yes, I'm in. <laughs> Sign me up. Because another name that I was considering for a while was Legends of Impact. Uh, and it, for that exact reason, where it's like, to call yourself a legend or to identify as a legend is a weird thing to have someone call you a legend is different, but like to, to call yourself a legend or to identify that. Whereas, and this has been the coolest thing for me about this curiosity thing is when I bring up beyond curious, or when I talk to someone about curiosity, their eyes light up and they're like, yeah, I'm curious. This is how curiosity has been in my life. Right. So it's like, it's way easier to identify 
from 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 like an identity perspective that you're a curious human and how it's impacted your life than a term like visionary or legend. So I think that's a huge lesson. It was it was a huge lesson for me from a branding perspective, but also for anybody that's considering creating a name that would be an aspirational identity. In the past, I had kind of tried to come up with aspirational identity names, visionary, legends of impact, even seven-figure millennials I would toss underneath that category. But um, there's a fine line between creating an aspirational identity that doesn't wear well, for lack of a, a better term. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for you, you, you made the right transition. Did you, did you talk about, have you talked anywhere about seven figure millennials yet and how you outgrew the name? Um, uh, we, we could talk about it. Uh, cause yeah, I, I, I did, it. I did. Yeah. I incorporated it a little bit, but we can for sure talk about it right here. Yeah. So maybe is there a specific place you want me to go with it? Yeah. Just you, a lot of people do outgrow their names and mm. uh, it was that was a restrictive name, right? That was yes. the R in Scratch. Um, yeah, so it was because it... I'm not a millennial, and I was like, I don't know if I'm right for your podcast. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So I have, I have in, I have our name at ASAP brief pulled up. It says name dislikes. List ten brand names that you collectively <laughs> dislike the style of and why. And the number one I put was Seven Figure Millennials because <laughs> here's here's been my experience is. First of all, the spelling challenge, right? So like, this is part of the, the, the S in scratch. Like people cannot spell the word millennial. There's two L's, there's two N's and there's an S at the end. So people don't know if there's an S at the end. So I've had, I had multiple times where people are like, oh, you have a podcast. Let me check it out. And I watch them pull up Apple podcast and attempt at spelling it. And I just like, if that's happening as I'm sitting there as the host of the show, watching them that's the experience that everyone else is having. So like, that was a huge thing. It also the millennial box, like you said, the majority of my listeners or my, my guests, I would say for sure are not the millennial age, but they're not. The, and I, and I want the show to be attractive. The name of the show to be attractive for the guests. Like they're the heart blood of my show, the people that I'm interviewing and pulling the insights from. Um, and then also I kind of outgrew the, 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 the fact, and this is something that I learned from you. It's like, I've heard in the past, it's like, it's better to be uh, clear rather than clever. And when I, I think I brought this up to you on our, our last interview and you're like, you can do both. Right. And so it's like seven figure millennials, there's too much explaining, like too much explaining to do about the shows, about prioritizing your happiness, health and relationships, which like requires explaining instead of you hear the name seven figure millennials and you would immediately think, okay, it's about, it's about business. It's about marketing and like all this kind of businessy stuff when like, that wasn't what I was trying to, from the beginning, I was kind of trying to show, not tell and kind of like get the, what's the quote. It's like, sell them what they sell them what they want and give them what they need. That was kind of the idea for it, but it just created way too much confusion. Um, so anyways, there's, I could go on and on a little bit more, but that was, I, I felt uh, trapped by that for a, a while. And so to be freed from that feels really good. <laughs> That's good. And it's not your personality. The name seven figure millennials to me sounds really salesy and you're mm -hmm. not one of those guys, you know, I'm not going to see your info, your, your ad on YouTube, you know, telling me how I'm going to make seven figures in my pajamas. Like you're not that <laughs> right. guy. Thank with, the, with a Lambo behind me or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. driving your Lambo in your pajamas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, no. And, and it feels so good. I, I said it in the beginning, Alexandra, but it's like uh, in Harry Potter, 
when Harry's choosing the wands uh, in Ollivander's shop. If you've seen that scene, it's like Ollivander gives him the first wand and he like blows some shit up with it. And then he gives him the second wand. And he does the same thing and then hands him the third wand and it just starts glowing. And that was kind of, if if <laughs> that's literally what the name it, name it ASAP session was like, if anybody wants to know, it's like visiting Ollivander's Alexandra comes in, in her Candyland office on a, on a, <laughs> on a ladder and hands you a name and everything starts glowing. That's the personification of what happens, but, but it feels really good. Cause it's like, I, Seven Figure Millennials took me to where the show needed to be. It taught me all the lessons I needed to learn. Um, but it, it, at the end of the day, it was the wrong. It's not the right wand. It's not the right vehicle for me to move forward. And so I uh, just appreciate you so much for helping me uh, get unstuck there. It's been really cool. Oh, I am so happy that like because it was it was a little scary because you were like you you I knew you invested. You were investing a lot in the brief. And this was like so important to you, like much more important than most people put emphasis on their name. And so, and I, I know people, you know, so it's like, oh gosh, I got to do a really good job. So yeah. Yeah. A lot of pressure, but I, I always well, perform. I always perform. I'm not always a circus animal where I perform on command um, and come up with things just off the top of my head, but like bloody married, but uh, yeah, I, I, I try to over deliver for people. Amazing. Well, you absolutely did. I'm so grateful for you. And I guess any final things that you'd want to say on this topic of this transition that you'd want to share with anyone before we close uh, things off? No, just if you do change your name and I have a, uh, I call it the, the mother of all uh, spreadsheets. It's the ultimate name change rebrand checklist. And it's every place you could ever possibly need to change your name that you might not remember. Um, and it's never too late to change your name. Look, Brandon's doing it. We just renamed a hundred year old bank. It was First National Bank of Syracuse, but they were in Syracuse, Kansas. Um, it, they were all about helping me people make their dr financial dreams come true or their dreams come true. And so we rebranded them Dream First, which, it, you know, still has the first from First National yeah. Bank, but it's Dream First and like super aspirational and a feel good name. And so, yeah, it's never too late to change your name. I love it. Well, thank you so much for not only coming on the show for helping me name, but to come back for a behind the scenes showcase of how Beyond Curious was born. So this has been so much fun, Alexander. I appreciate you so much. And you and I will be talking very soon. Awesome. Thank you, Brandon. There you have it. The tale of how Beyond Curious was born. How do you like that accent? <laughs> Anyways, I hope you had just as much fun as I did listening to Alexandra's thought process for coming up with Beyond Curious. So to wrap things up, I would love to tell one final story. So I would love to tell you about an experience I had 19 days ago at the time of this recording that to me felt like the birth of Beyond Curious. So just for context, I ran a marathon in October, 2022, and I did it because I hated running. And I was curious what would happen if I pushed myself. I was literally the kid in elementary school whenever we had to do the mire, mile. I was one of the last ones. I hated it. So I pushed myself. I finished this marathon. And the very next day, I texted my friend Luke Grinky 
And I was like, hey man, it's actually something I've been thinking about doing this thing called the Spartan Ultra. It is, it's been on my bucket list. I didn't know if I'd ever be able to get to it. It's 50K, 60 obstacles, Um, are you down? And he says, yes. And he pretty much responded by sending me a screenshot of the tickets. And because Luke has run an Ironman and just has all these crazy friends, he finds five other insane humans to do this with us. So I started training like crazy. The peak of the training was 1,000 walking lunges, 150 burpees on one day. Another day was a 24 mile trail run. And I started training in probably January. The race was May 6th. And about a month before the race, I start running into IT band problems. So for those of you who don't know what the IT band is, it's the hip it runs from the hip to just below the outside of your knee. It's this band and it has an attachment to the outside of your kneecap. And so I was doing this three hour and 30 minute workout. And towards the end of this training, it was like this switch flipped and this pain started hitting the left knee and it was pain with every single step. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And after doing the research, finding it that it was an IT band problem, I made this call to stop training the month before and try to heal before the race. So it actually involved a lot of, uh, it's due to an imbalance in your, uh, it's usually due to an imbalance of like not having strong enough glutes, not strong enough hips. So I went to a physical therapist and ended up doing lots of glute and hip strengthening prior to the race. And so this was right around the time where I was having my session with Alexandra and, and she came up with the name for beyond curious. So she comes up with beyond curious a week later, I'm going to compete in the Spartan ultra I'm injured. And as we're approaching the race, everybody is monitoring the weather. And I should also say this is in Montana. So it is in Montana. I'm from Wisconsin. It's on 9,000 feet of elevation gain in the mountains. And so it's, there's so many variables at play that we don't know what's going to happen. So as we're approaching the race, we're closely monitoring the weather and it's not looking good. And we pick up our packet the day before it's uh slight, it, the day was raining the day before we get there and outside of the packet, actually, let me go pick up the packet. I, Cause I'm going to read it to you. Okay, here it is. I'm unfolding the packet right now. I, on, the, on the back, on the front, it says 8186, which is my number. And then on the back, it says, uh, warning, the Spartan race is a dangerous and demanding extreme sporting slash racing event. There is a real possibility that you may die or be catastrophically injured. Each participant voluntarily and knowingly accepts and assumes all risk of participating in the event. So, <laughs> so it's raining. We pick up our packets, we get our ultra gear, and uh, we are also reading about and trying to discover as much as possible about the course. There is a maximum slope incline of 34.9 degrees. So going up at a 30, essentially a 35 degree incline, there is a maximum decline going down a hill of 40%. And the way a Spartan ultra works is that the ultra ultra runners run on the same day that people running the beast race do. So the beast is part of the course. It's 13 miles and 30 obstacles. And so to do the ultra, you actually run the beast course twice. And there's an extra loop designed for just the ultra runners. So eventually the the race day comes after all this Uh, worrying, all this not knowing, and the forecast for the day is 41 degrees and raining. So we get there, we're at the starting line, and even to get into the area to take off, you have to kind of crawl underneath barbed wire and uh, very Spartan-like. They put some bones from animals on the ground. There's a fire. It's raining. You hear the sizzle of the the raindrops hitting the fire 
Paris, you crawl underneath the barbed wire, and then you get into this corral with all the other crazy idiots that are doing this race. They hype us up. We say, aru, aru, and we begin our journey. And um, every every single step was a part of the journey, right? So every lap, so remember there was two laps. Each lap brought its own challenge. So in lap one, I had no idea if my IT band would just start flaring up and I'd have to suffer through miles with pain in every single step. And the guys I ran with wanted to leverage the momentum of a downhill to go fast, but I didn't want to put the extra strain on my knee. So I was taking it slow. So I was at the, the first lap. I was at the very back of the pack behind one of the guys that was running the race that literally had a torn ACL. <laughs> and it, it, I, I, it was triggering all these demons in my head of the primal, like, holy shit, I'm getting left behind. And, uh, I, and, and I'm just kind of like wondering, like, am I just going to have to do this whole thing by myself? And it, it was just when this thing clicked in my brain after, remember, this is the session after Alexandra Watkins. And I'm like, I literally have to go beyond curious right now. I literally have to go see what I'm made of and figure this out. So luckily on mile seven, after trailing behind them for lots of this, they all got hit with cramps. <laughs> and, and I didn't, my cramps came later around mile 13. But the other thing that's interesting to note about this, this first lap is, um, everything I had been doing to train my grip strength for these obstacles, all the monkey bar related stuff. You know, in my training, I hit almost a three minute dead hang. It was all obsolete because anything grip related was totally fucked. <laughs> uh, it's because it was raining and everything was super, super slippery. And it also made climbing up high stuff. They had this, this obstacle called an A-frame. I don't know how high it is, it is off the ground. I would say maybe 30 or 40 feet. Normally, I'm not intimidated by that. But when you can't grab onto the bar and you're at the top, it makes it significantly frightening. And uh, especially you know, add that in where, where you're getting hit with massive cramps sitting on top of these obstacles in the rain. And like every single time I hit one of those things where I literally happened to me, I was getting this massive cramp. I literally was thinking to myself, I have to go beyond curious. I have to go beyond curious. And the other, the other kind of funny thing about this, this first lap too, or I guess the entire race, but this is in the Hills of Montana, uh, big fork, Montana. We were supposed to be seeing stunning views. And you can imagine with 9,000 feet of elevation gain, there's points where you're up pretty high. You're supposed to be overlooking the mountains and the lake. And we didn't even get that reward because at the top, you're just stuck looking out at cloudy and grossness because it's raining. And so eventually we finish the first lap and you get to access what's called your transition bucket at the halfway point. It's actually past the halfway point. And this is where you have your extra gear, your nutrition for lap two. And I'd heard in the past, the transition is where your dreams go to die. You're, I mean, you're at 17 miles at this point. At this point, I was everybody, the moment that you stopped, you had uncontrollable shivering because your body wasn't moving anymore. It's raining, it's miserable. And again, another point where I had to say, I have to go beyond curious. So, um, this is actually funny and ironic. The, 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 the part, one of the main parts where I got injured was during transition. I say it kind of jokingly because I was desperately trying to open my Pedialyte and I was using my knuckle to open the, the bottle and I cut myself. <laughs> so it was the only time I really bled a lot during the Spartan race. I cut myself opening my freaking Pedialyte bottle. But anyways, we get out of transition and then we go to lap two. And by the time the second lap comes, the beast racers, remember I said there's the beast and the ultra, the beast races are starting to run now because we started earlier and it's raining and more and more people out on the course is causing the, the course to deteriorate. So it just to try to get you to imagine this, it's like straight up 
running through rivers of chocolate pudding. Like it's that gross. You're soaked. Like you're, and, and imagine too going on that 40% decline grade. Literally, there was points where you're going down a hill. I saw little people just like sit on their butt and scoot, slide their ass down the whole hill. I grabbed a stick to kind of try to act as a break to not eat eat shit <laughs> as I'm running. And then uh, around mile 20, my knee starts hurting, and. What was surprising, it was not the knee with the IT band issue. It was my right knee on the inside. And even though it was hurting, I was grateful for that knee pain. I was like, if this is all I have to deal with, the, the pain I was experiencing was nothing compared to the IT band. And I was still waiting for the IT band to flare up because in my training, what happened is the IT band would actually start causing issues after mile 13. So I'm seven miles past mile 13, just waiting for the, 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 for it to hit me. And it's funny because one of the worst obstacles that people didn't look forward to was this water crossing where you had to literally cross water no duh. And it's, it's freezing. And it was actually a relief because it was an ice bath for your legs, at least for me. Um, and, and of course they're actually, because it was raining so much, it, there was these unintentional water crossings that didn't even, wasn't even supposed to be inside of the course. And on this second lap, none of the volunteers know what's going on. And we kept being told over and over, we're just a mile or two away from, from being done. We heard it like three times. And finally, we hear the sounds of the music and we knew we were approaching the finish line because we could hear the music being played. And uh, we all climbed over that final obstacle and we all kind of gathered together. It was it was uh, actually two ended up the, the guy with a torn ACL, <laughs> Nick, I, which which is freaking crazy that he was running this with a torn ACL. But anyways, um, there was two guys that were behind us uh, and the, the rest of us were all together and we all uh, finished that last obstacle and the last, well, I shouldn't say the last obstacle. Technically the last obstacle is jumping over the fire. So we, we climbed over this A-frame. We all wait for everyone to hit the A-frame and we're all waiting, huddling together to jump over this fire together. And we jump over the fire. It was freaking epic. We crossed the finish line and it was one of the highlights of, of, of this experience for me. And literally the definition of what it is like to go beyond curious. And so here's the even funnier part. I cross the finish line and there's a volunteer and this, this, the volunteer points at this thing on the desk and he's like, do you want to earn this for, and, and you can run an extra mile to earn this. And I thought he was joking. Like we had just run 33 miles at this point in 41 degrees, raining in the hills of Montana, we're in pain. And, and I thought he was joking. And so I was like, haha, that's funny. And then I went to go collect my medal. But then I see Cole, who's one of the guys we, we work with. He starts taking off onto the course again. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? And then I realized that the volunteer was serious. They, they literally offered this extra medal called the extra mile, where if you did the extra mile after running the ultra course, you got this extra medal. And, uh, so of course, I saw that that was a thing. I'm like, literally another opportunity to go beyond curious, to go beyond even more. So yes, I accepted the challenge. We did that extra mile after finishing the ultra beast. Uh, and then we crossed down and we, I got the, the medal sitting in front of me right now. So at the end of the day, the amount that we ran was 34 and a half miles. It took us 11 hours, 32 minutes and 10 seconds, 9,041 feet of elevation gain. And we found out afterwards, it was the highest, one of the highest DNF rates in recent history. This came from an email that we got from uh, Spartan 
uh, that, via email. It says, if you attended our tri-state New Jersey race the weekend before heading out to Big Fork, you might have con- been convinced you were having deja vu in Montana. Low 40s with an even colder wind chill, persistent and soaking rain, and mud that made every obstacle a gamble, not of efficiency but of courage. With many racers enthusiastically suffering through what they called hypothermia hands during this iconic, densely wooded trifecta weekend's race, the infamous Ultra 50K featuring formidable elevation gain and darkness handed out one of the largest DNF did not finish counts in recent years and not at all for a lack of trying. It's that hard. I tried emailing Spartan to find out what the official DNF rate was. They wouldn't give it to me, but my mom was watching and she said she was watching like online tracking us. And she said she saw 180 people at the start line for the open heat that I was a part of. And 96 people finished, which would make it a 47% DNF rate. And, you know, I was trying to just finish this damn thing. I had no, no concern in my mind of what place I was finishing in. I just wanted to get it, but uh, ended up finishing as number 30 of the 96 that finished an eighth out of the 20 in my age group in the open. And it was the hardest physical challenge of my life. But for me, above everything, it felt like the start of Beyond Curious. It was the definition of going beyond curious, wondering what you're made of, wondering if you could do something. And at the end of the day, making that jump to go and figure it out, to go beyond curious. So with that final story in mind, to conclude this saga, I just want to tell you, if you have been a listener for Seven Figure Millennials for a while now, I am so grateful for you. And if you are listening to this at some point way in the future, and you're still listening to my voice, that tells me that you are somebody that is beyond curious about yourself, about your potential. And the fact that you listen to this entire episode means so much to me. And it also tells me a lot about you. And the one thing I will say, this is episode 140B. So if you look found a lot of value in this and you do want the full masterclass episode 140a where I share my journey of how I uncovered my purpose what I want what my superpowers are and how I am now building a business around those things I would encourage you to go and jump to episode 140a and you can skip right to about 26 minutes in that's going to take you right to the point where the episodes diverge and you can get the full masterclass But whether you are a new friend or an old friend, I am so excited to embark on this new journey together as we dare to go beyond curious. I love you. I appreciate you. And we'll talk to you soon.